Bokertov, everyone. As uh, we are all aware, uh, this Shabbat is Parsha Tachodesh. It's the first mitzvah that the Jewish people were commanded in Mitzrayim. Parsha Bo. So our calendar goes from Nisan to Nisan. And Nisan is the first month. Nevertheless, the annual calendar goes from Tishrei to Tishrei. This is... uh, a discussion in the Gemara uh, whether the world was created in Nisan or created in Tishrei. So this is like a compromise position between the two opinions. The Rosh uh, Hashanah for the calendar months is Nisan. And the Rosh Hashanah for the year is uh, Tishrei. And uh, so I'd like to discuss uh, some of the niceties of the Jewish calendar and uh, some historical uh, events that occurred regarding the calendar because we take it just for granted. The calendar is printed and sent out and uh, that's the calendar. And uh, the uh, the uh, <coughs> Gabbai announces when Rishchodesh shall be, and he announces when the Molad will be. So, uh, how does it work? What does it mean, Rishchodesh as Elohim? So Rashi already points out, based on the Gemara that uh, Moshe Rabbeinu was shown the secrets of the calendar. Why does the calendar need secrets? Why why isn't it straightforward? There are two ways to have a calendar. One is to have a solar calendar, which is... uh, 365 and a quarter days approximately. And so that's a straight calendar, which is basically the secular calendar which exists. So uh, this is April 1st. And then there is a lunar calendar, which is based on the uh, phases of the moon and the moon uh, waxes and wanes every 29 and a half days approximately so that's a lunar calendar Uh, the Muslim world follows a lunar calendar that's why Ramadan starts now The 
Jewish calendar is both a solar and a lunar calendar. It's a rare thing. And uh, in Halacha, it exists, Hilchus Kiddush HaChodesh. Now, in the time of the Beit HaMikdash, and the time of the Sanhedrin, so even for a few hundred years after the Chorban Bayashani, after the destruction of the Second Temple, uh, the uh, day of Hashkodesh was decided not by mathematical calculation, but it was decided by witnesses who came and said they saw the sliver of the moon and they came and testified in Bedin, in the Sanhedrin, and the Sanhedrin then declared what day was Rishchodesh. The Sanhedrin had flexibility. In other words, the calendar was not meant to be 100% rigid. And if there were... uh, circumstances that somehow would justify moving ahead or moving behind a a day, so then the the Sanhedrin had the latitude to do that. So, for instance, we, uh, they never wanted to have that Rosh Hashanah should begin, the first day should begin on Sunday, because then you wouldn't be able to have burials. The Shabbos was before, so they could adjust. So even though the calculation would be that Aleph Tishrei should be on a Sunday, they would make Aleph Tishrei on a Monday. So there always was that flexibility. And that's what it means, Achodesh Hazel Lochem. God said, I give it to you. You can play with it. It doesn't have to be rigid. When the Sanhedrin uh, no longer existed, and about the... uh, fourth century of the common era for various reasons it uh, no longer could maintain itself so then uh, the uh, Sanhedrin itself uh, established a permanent calendar by that we mean a calendar that could be determined by mathematical calculation. And that this would be, so to speak, an eternal calendar. You could always figure it out. And it would go from uh, generation to generation. That's a remarkable feat we're talking about. You're not talking about an age of computers or slide rules or telescopes or great uh, advances in astronomy 
So it had in it the uh, divine spark of creativity, of uh, heaven, so to speak, lending a hand in the establishment of the calendar. Because it has to work. The calendar is the basic thing in Jewish life. When uh, the communists took over in Russia, they banned the Jewish calendar. Because they knew that as long as it was a Jewish calendar, and Jews would know uh, when Yontiv was, when uh, Hanukkah was, etc., etc., the spark of Judaism could never be extinguished. So they banned the calendar. Uh, Sharansky has in his book, Mendelovich also, that when they were in the Gulag, they tried to figure out when Hanukkah would be. And there was no calendar. They knew it would be sometime in December, but sometimes Hanukkah is the beginning of December, sometimes it's the end of December. So they said that they uh, started saving uh, slivers of soap fat that would serve as the fuel and they tore threads from their prison uniform to be the wicks and they decided what day Hanukkah would be. And he says later they found out that it wasn't on that day. But nevertheless, they said, we lit Hanukkah candles in the gulag. It was Mahadrin Mina Mahadrin. It was the best possible. So the calendar was the, uh, the, it's the basic foundation of Jewish life. Everything in Jewish life is according to the rhythm of the calendar. So, the rabbis established a permanent calendar, which is both a lunar and a solar calendar at one and the same time. Why does it have to be a solar calendar? Why can it not be just a lunar calendar the way the Muslims have it? Because in the Torah it says, Pesach has to always be Chodesh Oviv, the month of springtime. So Pesach pretty much has to be uh, the end of March to uh, the end of April. That's that's the, the window. If you have a lunar calendar, then Pesach will go around the year the way it does in the Muslim calendar, Ramadan, because the lunar calendar is 354 days a year, and the solar calendar is 365 and a quarter days. So there's 11 and a quarter days difference 
after three years, there's a month difference. After six years, it would be two months. So the Pesach would end up in December, it would end up in uh, August. It would be all year round. And yet we are limited that Pesach has to be B'chodesh Oviv. It has to be in the month of springtime. So therefore we have to correct the lunar calendar to adjust it to the solar calendar. That correction is what gives us what we call a shnata, a ibur, a leap year which in the Jewish calendar will now have 13 months instead of 12 months. So that'll push Pesach later, and then it will recede over the next few years, and then we'll do it again. But it will always be B'chodesh Oviv. It will always be in the spring month. Now, uh, Every 19 years, again, the, the astronomy here is uh, absolutely unbelievable. There's a whole section in the Chazon Ish uh, on the calculations. It's, uh, it's, it's, uh, yeah, this is a time when they didn't have trigonometry and calculus to figure it. And they didn't have that little machine that you just hit the button and you're a genius. So, uh, the leap year is based on the fact that every 19 years there is the exact same alignment of the planets as it was at the beginning of time. In other words, the moon and the sun and the planets in their orbits every 19 years come back to the same place relative to each other. It's one of the great phenomena of astronomy. So the rabbi said, and every, let's look at the 19 year cycle. It's called the Mahzor cycle, back and forth. And they said, in this 19-year cycle, in order to even out the solar calendar with the lunar calendar, we will make seven of the 19 years leap years. So we will add a month we add seven months in the 19-year cycle, and you multiply it out, that's 200 uh, days, uh, and then uh, it'll be pretty even. But it's not exact. It's not nearly exact. So then the rabbis adjusted it further, and they said there are certain months that will be 29 days and certain months will be 30 days because 
the uh, the moon, the, the month of the moon is 29 and a half days. You can't have 29 and a half. So that what we do is we alternate one month is 29 and one month is 30. That's why we have two days or Shodesh when it's a 30 day at the end of the month. And one day was Chodesh when it's a 29. So uh, we will adjust the months of Cheshvan and Kislev. Some years they will both be 29. Some years they will both be 30. Some years one will be 29 and one will be 30. So that gives us a uh, flexibility again so that we can be as uh, near to accuracy as possible. Even that is not true as far as accuracy is concerned because we're always awful little. But because of the fact that HaChodesh Lochem it was given over to you, so even if you uh, fudge it a little, it still is what you say it is. So if you say that Pesach is then now, so Pesach is now. Somebody will come with great math calculations and say it should be the day, the day later or the day earlier. We will ignore that person because it's given over to us to decide what day it is, and how the calendar should work. So uh, through mathematical calculations, and I'm going to go through it now, especially that we, uh, orally it would be very difficult, but uh, you'll take the uh, over 200 extra days that uh, the leap years give us and add it to the days of the uh, so, so it's 19 years plus uh, 210 days, whatever, plus whatever you fudge with uh, Kislev and Cheshman, and then you'll multiply 365 and a quarter days by 19. You come out to practically the same number, and that's how we balance it. Now, uh, because of the fact that 365 and a quarter is also not exact. It's not six hours. It's only five hours, 55 minutes and something. So by the 16th century, the uh, non-Jewish calendar, the secular calendar, was off quite a bit. And that was called, the that calendar was from the Roman Emperor Justinian. It's called the Justinian calendar. And the Pope Gregory, so he's fixed, he's gonna fix the calendar, make it more accurate. And so they, like 11 days disappeared from uh, the calendar. And they started again. And that's the Gregorian calendar we have today, which also has it has a leap day every four years. 
except on a millennial year. And that also is meant to balance the calendar with the movements of the sun, because it's a purely solar calendar. So, from the 4th century till about the 15th, uh, I'm sorry, till about the uh, uh, 9th, 10th century, for 500 years, the Jewish calendar was established uh, based on these calculations, and nobody uh, uh, raised any problems with it. However, in the uh, ninth century, so Rabbeinu Sadia Gaon was the Gaon in Bovel. Gaon then was not a description, it was a title. The Gaon was the leading rabbinic figure recognized by the, care, the caliph, recognized by the government, he had powers from the uh, Jewish community. It was a uh, position uh, not only of honor, but of actual strength and power. There was a Rav in Yerushalayim, as it pierces the uh, example of the rule that I always say, that there's always another rabbi. It was a Rav Yushalayim, Ben Meir was his name, who was a great scholar. And he was the Rav Yushalayim. Now there always was a turf war, so to speak, between the scholars in Israel and the scholars in Bova. Which one, so to speak, should have the upper hand? Uh, the scholars in Israel said that uh, we're certainly entitled because we live in Eretz Israel and Eretz Israel is dominant. The scholars in Bovel said that most of the Jews are living in Bovel and under our influence and uh, Eretz Israel is supported by uh, the Jews of Bovel financially. So uh, we are the ones that are the uh, decisors of Jewish law. Now you have to, uh, you know, you'll think about it, you'll see that things don't change much. Uh, the uh, rabbis in England or America, are they bound by uh, the decisions of the rabbinate here in Israel? You see that they're not, they run their own ship. So uh, Ben Meir, who is the Rav in Yerushalayim, says that he recalculated all of the calendars and that the calendar is wrong. It's off. It's off a day. In other words, the 15th of Nisan, which is Pesach, uh, should uh, not be... uh, on uh, Monday, it should be on Tuesday. And he uh, published his findings. 
and he sent them throughout the Jewish world. Well, you can imagine the stir that it caused, because that means uh, if Pesach is on a different day, so then the Jews will be eating, God forbid, chometz on the day that it's Pesach. And the the whole thing will be in question. So he sent out this missive. And the the Jewish world split. And Rabbeinu Sadia took up the cudgel against Ben Meir. And he wrote the long treatise to prove that Ben Mayer's calculations were incorrect and that the traditional calendar of the Jewish people was the correct one and that no other calendar should be followed. Now, Rabbeinu Sadia was a great polemicist. No one ever bested him in arguments. And he was this great uh, imposing rabbinic figure. But this dispute lasted for almost a decade. So can you imagine that like for 10 years they're arguing when it's Pesach? Imagine what that would do to the hotels. (laughs) When is Pesach? And then it's when is Rosh Hashanah, and when is Sukkot, because all of you you're changing the days of the calendar. But after about a decade, uh, the power of Rabbeinu Sadia was such that the dispute waned. The followers of Ben Meir uh, slowly uh, gave up the fight and agreed with Rabbeinu Sadia. And that established really the supremacy of the Gagonim of Bovel over everyone else in the Jewish world regarding matters of halacha and of uh, policy. And that became the calendar, which is the one that we have today. Now, according to the Jewish calendar, the uh, hour is divided, the day is divided into 24 hours, and every hour is divided into 60 seconds. Every second is divided into 360 chalokim, so it's a sixth of a second. It's a sixth of a second, the chalik. It's very hard to measure, but they do measure. Today we do have instruments to measure that. You see it many times in sports events uh, that uh, the the guy won by a tenth or a twentieth of a second. So we could, uh, this sixth of a second uh, was a chalit, and uh, therefore when we announce when the molad is, when the new moon, we calculate when the new moon is born, 
So we say it's so it's this and this day or night, so many hours, so many minutes, so many chalokim. Now, uh, the, uh, to further confuse the issue, uh, there is something that's called the true molad and the molad that we follow. The true molad based upon more accurate calculations is different than the molad which is announced in shul. sometimes even significantly different. And so that becomes a matter in halakha, whether we ignore it or don't ignore it, or whether we should adjust to it or not adjust to it. So as I mentioned, the the achronim, the uh, the chazonish, discussed it, Rav Shlomo discussed it, Ramesha Feinstein discussed it, it's an ongoing discussion till today as to the accuracy, whether we should adjust to the act, to, so to speak, the realistic accuracy, or do we rely upon the fact that we said that this is when it is, so that's when it is. Because it was given over to us to be able to do it. In our time, again, though it was, uh, it's a very ancient question, was there any question in the Middle Ages and earlier? Where is the international date line? When does the day end? Where do I say that Tuesday becomes Wednesday? So there... There were great differences of opinion, and there are differences of opinion until today. Basically, there are three main uh, opinions. One opinion of Kasher and others who dealt with it extensively said that the whatever the non-Jewish world, the scientific world, so to speak, says is the international dateline. We accept that to be international day one. So even though it's not a straight line that goes in and out to include certain islands and exclude certain islands, but it's basically in the Pacific Ocean. So uh, Japan and Korea are on the other side of it, China, and California and Hawaii are on this side of it. That's one opinion. The second opinion was Rav Herzig, who spent a great deal of time researching it, and he drew the international dateline uh, much closer to the American shore. So the question arose about Hawaii. According to Rav Herzog, Hawaii is already tomorrow. So if you go to Hawaii for a vacation or for the Seder, it's low pashut. It's not simple.
because according to one opinion, Hawaii is going to be Saturday, and according to the other opinion, it's going to be Sunday. And therefore, uh, many religious Jews avoid going for weekends to Hawaii because of the fact that it's a uh, halacha question. Then there's the third opinion, which is the Chazonish. Chazonish was asked the uh, mirror yeshiva in the Second World War somehow saved themselves. They went to the Soviet Union, and the Soviet Union sent them to Japan. Japan was going to send them to Curacao. They had visas to go to Curacao. The whole story with the Japanese consul and governor, etc., but a few thousand Jews were saved. So they ended up in Kobe, Japan. The Japanese put them in Kobe because there was a small Sephardic Jewish community in Kobe all the years, and they were in the pearl business. Came time for Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur. So they sent a telegram to the Chazonish. When is Yom Kippur in Kobe? It's a good question. Because that's the question, where is Japan relative to the international deadline? So the Chazonish's shita, I'm oversimplifying it, but his opinion was that Anything that's attached to the European mainland is like Europe. So, for instance, Korea, which is attached, so it's the same day like in London or in Paris. But anything that's not attached, like Japan or Taiwan, that's not attached to the mainland, is the other side of the international daylight. So he sent them a telegram that said, uh, eat on Tuesday, fast on Wednesday. Which is what they did. But uh, I would say that the majority of halachic opinion today is not like the Chazonish. It's more like Rav Herzog. But again, you have this problem. And it's already raised by the Meiri in the 14th century. When is the, where's the international deadline? When does the day change? So these are not the merely theoretical issues. Uh, these are practical issues of halacha. I know many Jewish businessmen that do, uh, business in Japan, in the Orient, uh, so they don't stay in Japan for Shabbos, because it's a question when Shabbos is, and they fly to Korea, to Seoul, because it's attached to the European mainland, and they follow that cheetah. So all of this is in play today, 
And all of this is involved because Achorish Elohim. It's all given over to you. And how the halacha will decide it, that is the way the calendar exists, the dateline exists, the holidays exist according to those rules. So have a good Chodesh and a good Whatever. Pesach and call to Salah Shabbat Shalom. Calculate, I didn't hear you. How do Christians calculate Easter?